Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. So I've been listening back to my some of my episodes of my podcast and I realized I do like way long intros <laughs> sometimes. So today I'm going to be super quick. If you can go and do me a favor, head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand and rate this, this show. That would be awesome. That's the main thing I want to say to you. Today we're talking about something super interesting. We're talking about this whole hype around automated marketing funnels and what's actually going on there. And I'm going to tell you about sort of this just the way I see this as a strategist when it comes to any of these things that we hear about that kind of sound too good to be true. But I'll give you a full intro in the actual live stream. So there's no point in me going and introducing the whole topic now. Main thing for me is like anything you can do to support me. My job is to support you in growing your business. If you can support me by helping me grow this show, that would be great. Thank you to everyone who's been rating the show. I saw a rating come through before. Haven't had a chance to have a look at it yet, but I will give you a shout out when, once I once I actually go and have a look at that. So thank you. You know who you are. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you want to chat with me, uh, if you want to get to know me, come follow me on LinkedIn. Just search for Lauren Cress. And I'm pretty open to like having a chat with pretty much anyone. As long as I have the time to do it, I'm, I'm open to doing that. So we can set up a time to have a chat. Doesn't matter where you are in the world. And uh, yeah, I love getting to know people in my audience. So please, please do that. Without further ado, let's get on to the main part of the show today. There might be a little ad break here and I'll be back in a tick. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. So today I want to talk about, this was kind of inspired by this ad that I've seen pop up a few times uh, recently, and you might've seen it as well because we get targeted. We'll probably be getting targeted with the same ad. So it was like about how the, you know, everyone's been going on about the seven figure marketing funnel for a while, right? Like you can just build this automated marketing funnel. And if you build this automated marketing funnel, then you're sweet. You're going to make millions of dollars and it's going to be great. It's going to be lovely. And like the more money you put into it, the more money you get out of it. And it's awesome. And it's so, so good. And this ad was kind of saying like the marketing funnel doesn't work like it used to work because now everyone's doing it. Everyone's discovered this automated marketing funnel thing they can do. And so it's ubiquitous. And because it's ubiquitous, now it means that, well, actually, how effective is this really? Because we're seeing it all the time. And I think I've talked about this quite a few times now on the show with guests and in solo podcasts as well, where I'm like, well, 
the the thing for me was that it was never that simple. <laughs> so I was kind of like, yeah, there was a lot of hype, a lot of people saying that it worked that well and a lot of people going, look at what I've done. But I'm like, there, there's so much more that goes into what's actually happening there than just the, the marketing funnel. So when I went to quite a few webinars and I saw quite a few people live streaming and chatting about this, in its hype, right? And I'll talk a little bit more about what the automated marketing funnel is in just a minute. But the the big thing I noticed was that a lot of them would have these webinars that were like, this is how you build a seven-figure like business. I'm going to show you with this, this marketing funnel thing. And then you would get into the webinar and they'd be like, now I'm talking about people who already have a brand. I'm talking about people who already have a brand. Obviously, like if you're just starting out today, you can't build to seven figures straight away. You know, like Russell Brunson talks about this in a video um, he did on the perfect webinar, which is an awesome video. I highly recommend watching it. So Russell Brunson runs ClickFunnels and he has this YouTube video. You can go check it out called the perfect webinar. And as you watch it, he talks about that. He's like, yeah, like the setup is, it's sort of like you have this like really eye catchy, like eye catching hooky kind of thing. Oh yeah, I want to watch this webinar. But then he's like straight off the bat, look, like obviously I'm not going to teach you how to do this ridiculous thing that I put on on the 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 hook, right? So this is one of the things I think for a lot of us is like as outsiders, we've seen this hype around the seven-figure funnel. But it's like, no, it was actually it was never just about like building this funnel. And I mean, maybe a very lucky few, but if you look at like top accelerator, seemingly top accelerator programs, like it's like maybe 5% of the people they trained would actually get to that point. And they would share that data, right? Like that's not a secret um, where they were, they were actually building those kind of funnels. So one thing I'm like, well, I guess the question I had, uh, you know, in the the headline for this is like, okay, cool. So is the, the seven figure funnel dead? And I'm like, well, I kind of don't think it was ever like, a, you know, it was never a silver bullet. Like it might've been marketed as a silver bullet, but it wasn't a silver bullet. Um, and, and now it's just like people are realizing, yeah, that that's the case. So let's talk a little bit about what it actually is. And then I want to talk a little bit about why this isn't working as well as it supposedly once did, which it may have done. It may have been working a bit better. Now it's not working as well. Never was a silver bullet. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the hype cycle, which I've mentioned a few times on the podcast show, but I haven't actually ever really gone. I sort of skimmed over it a few times. I actually think it's a really interesting for, thing for us to look at. Then we're going to talk about, okay, well, like if we want rapid growth and we want a growth hack, what is going to work? What do we need to do? Why does that work? Why do these other things not work? So that's what we're kind of going to look at today. So first off, what is an automated marketing funnel? So an automated marketing funnel, it can come in various different shapes and forms, but essentially the idea is that you have something at the beginning that's like your top of funnel awareness driver. This will usually be like a Facebook ad. It could also be a LinkedIn ad. It could also be a YouTube ad, but you've got an ad at the top that's basically getting massive reach and it's getting massive reach to quite a specific audience because now digitally we can target people quite specifically. So you go, okay, I'm going to put a bunch of money into testing out a bunch of ads to work out which ads do the best at hooking people in and driving them towards my landing page. 
My landing page is a page on my website. Hey, Jeremy, nice to see you again. How are you doing? <laughs> yes, it's morning for me. Uh, Jeremy Mish just said hello. I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Jeremy, because you work in Facebook advertising. I'm just talking about what the automated marketing funnel is. And uh, I don't know if you you saw this before, but just some of the some of the issues with it and some of the dreams that we've perhaps been sold that, you know, it's like, well, it's not actually quite that simple. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll, I will continue. So we have people coming in through, okay, we've tested a bunch of ads. We've, we've gone, this one, this one's working the best um, with this niche. Okay, great. Let's put some more money behind this because this is driving people towards our landing page. Our landing page, that's what I was going to say before. Our landing page is a page on our website that what like, okay, we know exactly where this person's coming from and where they're going. So, okay, this person's coming from that ad that they saw on Facebook or YouTube or wherever we put it. They're coming to this page. I know they've seen that content. So I know how to contextualize what I'm saying and what I'm selling in relation to that. So I've probably said something in my ad like, and if you want to find out more about how you can make this happen, come and watch my my video or my webinar on my landing page, right? Jeremy, you said automated funnels and marketing is not simple, but they're super powerful once you dial them in. Yes. So this is the thing, right? And one of the things I'm I'm kind of talking about today is like, it's also not a silver bullet. Like nothing is a silver bullet. It's like one of the things that uh, I mentioned before, Jeremy, was like Russell Brunson's P- perfect webinar, which I'm pretty sure you'd be familiar with. And how it's like, even he says like, well, like, it's, it's all, it's not that simple. Like, like you might have a hook that makes it sound that simple, but when you actually watch webinars by people who are talking about marketing funnels and also just people who are using marketing funnels in general, it's like what's behind the scenes and what we see in the, the, from the marketing messaging perspective is obviously going to be different because they're trying to hook people in. So, um, Okay, I will, I will, I will continue because otherwise I'll start repeating myself. So, <laughs> so we have people get to the landing page. They go, "Oh, I'm really excited about this now," and we've got them in the moment. And they go, "Great, okay, like I'm going to sign up for this webinar. Awesome." I sign up for the webinar, um, or you know, it might be a value video, it might be an ebook, it's some sort of lead magnet. We've talked about this on the show before. Some sort of lead magnet that I'm like, I really want this, so I'm going to give you my email address so that I can get this information. And it's top of mind for me at the moment because I just saw your Facebook ad and I've just got into this landing page. And by the way, to get that to work is hard, right? Like to get that conversion happening, it takes time and money and effort and expertise to get that working. But let's assume we've got all of that working. Then you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to sign up, do this, this participate in something where I've given you my email address. And then we use that. And there's a bunch of automation tacked onto that to either nurture or sell, depending on what that person does. So it's like based on the journey they take, we go, all right, cool. So they've watched the webinar, they've booked in a call. So they're like, they're like my sales qualified lead. They're the people I want to be chatting to on the phone and going, right, you're interested in what I'm selling. Then you also have your marketing qualified. They'd be like, this person watched the webinar, but they didn't, or this person signed up to get this ebook or whatever, but they didn't sign up to book a call or they didn't reach out to me. So now I, they're a marketing qualified lead, probably don't want to spend 
my sales time on this just yet because that's quite an intensive amount of time. So I'm going to send them a few emails first, dealing with barriers, dealing with issues, dealing with things that are maybe stopping them from making that, taking that next step. And then I'll, I'll hopefully turn them into a sales qualified lead where I can pick up the phone and we can have a conversation. And there's, I'm, I'm oversimplifying this massively. Jeremy, you would know this. I'm oversimplifying this massively. I'm just trying to paint a picture of this is what everyone started doing. And the, the, the problem I think, and Jeremy, really interested in your thoughts on this, is I kind of agree with what this guy was saying in the YouTube ad. And he actually is an automated marketing funnel person because he's like, well, yeah, this is everywhere now. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And like people are kind of like, I don't necessarily want to watch a webinar. To like, I, can, I know this game. I know on this webinar, you're going to sell to me and I'm going to buy something. And I don't necessarily want to invest all this time in doing that, or I don't want to buy. So it's like, we know the game now, right? Where like when they first started, it was like, oh, wow, this is cool. This is like a free webinar teaching me all of this stuff. This is awesome. How great that this person's doing it for free, right? That worked at one point, but now it's sort of like, oh, you know, I know what you're doing because everyone does it. And like you've, you've, so I'm not saying it doesn't work at all, but it doesn't work as effectively. And this is what this guy on this YouTube app was saying as well. Sorry, I don't remember remember his name. Jeremy, you said the people that watch the webinar are primed for retargeting ads through Facebook, Instagram, email, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we nurture them into prospects because we're like, they're not quite ready for the sales call just yet. We want them, we need more touch points with them. I think it's something like on average, you have like eight different touch points and yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, that's what I said before. It doesn't have to be a webinar. It could be an ebook. It's some sort of lead magnet, right? I, compl- I completely agree. So the thing is, though, right, is it's like, from my perspective, I'm like, it's not that the marketing funnel, therefore, like, doesn't work at all, right? Like, oh, because it was working better and now everyone's using it, so it's not working as well, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It doesn't mean you should do it either. It's going to depend what game you're playing. That's like what I'm always coming back to. Like what game are you playing? What can you leverage? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve, right? So what I want to talk about now is like why this this happens in marketing constantly. We're constantly having this like situation where there's something that happens and then we everyone does it and then we go, oh, that doesn't work as well as we thought it did. It kind of works. But it doesn't work as well. It's not doesn't solve everything. It's not a silver bullet. And then everyone stops doing it, right? It's really it's really interesting. Not everyone, but people like massively pull back from it. And that's to do with this thing called the hype cycle. So I'm going to share my screen for a second. So we're just going to take a quick break there. I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you are, what I've set up is a Kofi page. I've mentioned this quite a bit on the show. But for those of you who are new to listening to this show, essentially a Ko-fi page is, it's sort of like Patreon. It's a way that you can support the show with just like a few dollars, right? You can do a few dollars once a month, sort of like as if you were buying me a cup of coffee. That's why it's called Ko-fi, coffee, get it? So a lot of effort goes into putting the show together. I'm doing 12 episodes a month. So, and I love it. I love it so much. I love putting the show together. I really appreciate all the positive feedback. And I believe in democratizing information. Like one of the things that happens is all the strategic advice tends to be available to those who can afford it, right? And I'm just like, I think it should be available to everyone because otherwise it's like, how are you meant to get ahead? And the times that we need this help the most 
that's when it's often the hardest to pay for it. So I believe in making this available for everyone. Essentially, I put the show together just as if I was putting a course together, but I didn't get paid for putting it together. So I rely on my listeners to support me. And it's early days, so it's not like we have huge amounts of funding. Anything you can do, it all adds up. So just a few bucks over on Kofi, you go to ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. If you can afford it, four bucks for essentially an ongoing brand growth marketing course that you get all year round, 12 episodes a month. I want something better and I want it to be accessible to everyone. If you can't afford it, that's okay. The idea is that as this show grows, the people who can afford it pay for it and the people who can't can get to listen to it for free. But it's not behind a gated wall. It's available to everyone and I really like that. I just think it's a good way to make content. So if you can afford it, head over to ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. Link is in the show notes. Anything you can do would be great. I'll give you a shout out on the show and appreciate it so much. All right, that's it from me. Let's get back to the main part of the episode. All right, so here we have, sorry if it's a bit small, but these are the different stages of the hype cycle and there's there's lots of different types of hype. This is happening with everything. It kind of reminds me of... Um, uh, Hegel's pendulum, which was like Hegel's a philosopher. He's quite an impenetrable philosopher to read. So I only understand him through other people telling me what, what he was actually going on about. But he talks about sort of like you tend to have this like, you know, you have something happen. Oh, you guys can't see me now. But you have like on one side, you know, like a pendulum, you have an action. And then it's like a reaction to that goes the other way. And I think the hype cycle to me is like a is a more sophisticated version of what he was kind of saying because it's like it swings back and forth. So I think you can see, hopefully you can see my mouse. But essentially we've got on the y-axis we have expectations and on the x-axis we have time. This is from Gartner, by the way. So this is for 2020. So we have, there's an innovation trigger. There's a bunch of people who are like, we've got to do this stuff, right? This, this is the, we've just discovered something. There's new technology. Something happens. We go, okay, great. This is now we can, we can, we can change the way we think about X, whatever that is, right? Then we have this peak of inflated expectations. And this is where our sort of like marketing funnel was right? For a while. And we saw that we saw heaps of ads where it was like peak of inflated expectations. Then we have this trough of disillusionment where people go, Oh, that doesn't work at all. That doesn't work at all because everyone's doing it. And I'm not getting the results I used to get, or I'm not getting the results I was told I I would get. So actually this doesn't really work. And then we have this slope of enlightenment where we start to swing back and go, actually, this stuff is relatively useful. Maybe we should look at using it again. And then we have plateau of productivity where it's like it becomes incorporated into what we're doing as marketers, right? So if we understand what's happening in the hype cycle, we can also anticipate what others are going to be doing and start to look at, well, how do we use that ourselves? So for instance, right now, we have uh, event-triggered marketing is on its way down. Now, event-triggered marketing, we could argue, is sort of like that's part of that automated marketing funnel kind of piece, right? So, okay, event-triggered marketing right now is going into the trough of disillusionment. 
which means in a way that means less people are going to be using it, less people are going to rely on it. So actually the best time to be using it is when it starts going through to the trough of disillusionment because no one else is doing it. So it suddenly becomes, it's kind of funny, but it's like it's actually becoming a hack again because everyone's going, oh, hang on, it doesn't work the way it did. Now that's oversimplified. There's other things to think about, but this will start to give you a good idea of like what has come out and what is sort of like everyone else is doing that maybe is going to make me not get as much cut through. So for instance, real-time marketing right now is in the peak of inflated expectations, right? So that's quite interesting. And, and it says, the other thing it says down here is it might be a bit too small for you to see, but it says plateau will be reached. So it could be, it, it actually tells you like when it's going to get to that plateau of productivity, less than two years, two to five years, five to 10 years, more than 10 years. At the moment, we haven't got anything that's in the more than 10 years range. And for people listening to this on the podcast uh, later, I'll make sure I put a link to the actual hype cycle so you can kind of follow along and see what I'm talking about as well. So real-time marketing right now is at its peak. Now, real-time marketing is essentially going, right, what's happening right now at the moment this week that's affecting people, affecting their needs, affecting my customers, and what can I put out there to respond to that? Now, to me, if we look at 2020 and what's happened in 2020, that makes complete sense. We've had COVID. All these things have changed. We can't make predictions about it's not things aren't stable at the moment. So what we're doing instead is we're going, right, okay, what's happening this week? We've got the technology and tools to actually do real-time marketing where we can do stuff like this, right? Like I'm doing a live stream right now about something that I saw in relation to an ad this week. And then I can just put put video content out there, right? So this is more media rather than marketing, but it's that same kind of concept. Like I can talk about something that's come out this week because I can get my phone, I can film myself and I can put it out on social media. I can put it out on YouTube. Similarly, this I'm actually seeing this with YouTube as well. And I want to talk about this a little bit more today is that with YouTube, because now you can kind of, you can, YouTube is the second biggest search platform, right? It's hugely, hugely powerful. And I know I saw this this week. I did an experiment last Saturday where I put two pieces of video content out that were essentially about the same thing. It's just one was showing you how to take the open to work hashtag, you know, open to work photo frame off your LinkedIn profile. And the other one was showing you how to put it on your profile. Within a few days, the one that taught, taught you how to take it off your LinkedIn profile got 200 views. The one that taught you how to put it on your profile got 10. The same search terms, all that kind of stuff. But for me, I'm looking at what's the trend? What's happening right now? One, people are getting work again. So they want to take it off. Two, people also are starting to realize that it's not the best way to market themselves if they want a job because it can look a bit desperate. So even though I couldn't see it in the data, I knew from observing the world around me that this would be a useful video to put up this week. And that's what the search results have shown. And that's what my experiment has shown. So real-time marketing right now is like right up here. Conversational marketing on its way down. Personification, we've been talking about personification for a long time now, on its way down. So we want to look at this and go, okay, event trigger marketing, maybe that's actually something, if people are going to start not using this, maybe this is actually something that I can capitalize on. 
because it's not going to reach the plateau of productivity for another two to five years. So maybe this is actually something, and I'm not saying that's correct. I'm just saying that would be my guess is like people are going to start using it less because it's going through that trough of disillusionment. It's not going to be a seven figure funnel anymore. It's just going to be part of the marketing mix, but it's not going to be part of the marketing mix for another few years. Um, I hope that makes is making sense so far. Jeremy, you said, um, sorry, I'm just catching up on comments because I was on another screen. Wait, let me take it off and show myself again. Aha. Hello. <laughs> so you said, uh, this is why we always have to be doing AB testing totally. Um, so we don't get so deep into the trough. Liam, come join us for a great discussion. Well, Liam, if you're here, hello. And Andy, you said, how do you judge something as worth writing through the trough for as opposed to the ideas that are going to bomb? Well, I think the thing is, right, is like in marketing, this is, this is I'm not talking about developing the right technologies. I'm talking about what do we actually need to use as business owners to market ourselves. So I'm coming at this from the perspective of, right, if if a whole bunch of people are going to start going, oh, the marketing funnel isn't working as well as it used to, I'm going to switch that off for a bit and try some other stuff. Like I know at the moment this kind of fits in with the real-time marketing thing. What I've observed is like PR is like booming right now. Like people are like, I need a PR agency. I need to get into the media. I need to capitalize on that. I need to, I need to get reached that way right? That's anecdotal. That's what I've, I've heard based on people that I know who work in that industry. So if that, let's say that's the case. So let's just say that's the case. So if everyone starts doing PR and that's the game they're playing, do you want to be playing the same game or do you want to be doing something else? Now, PR to me, I'm like, that's just a no brainer. You should always be doing PR, but should you be doing the same kind of PR that everyone else is doing? Like if everyone suddenly is trying to get into AFR every week and instead of it being like a handful of experts, it's now a lot more, that's going to be more competitive. So from a business perspective, not in terms of developing marketing technologies, but from a business perspective, I'm like, do the opposite. Like I think it's better with some research. This is sort of like the hype cycle is a way to start doing your research and have a think about what's working. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, I want to do the stuff that other people aren't doing as much. So I'm like, yeah, in the next year, I'll probably look more at doing the automated marketing funnel stuff because that's when everyone's not going to be doing it. And it's not going to bother people as much because if every ad that you're seeing on Facebook is people doing the whole, hey, you should come and watch my webinar. Hey, you should come and download my ebook. Or hey, you should come and do this. Then I'm like, well, I don't want to be playing that game because everyone's playing it. But suddenly if it's gone quiet, then I'm like, yeah, now, now it's something that I'm going to, I'm going to look at. Cause I want to beat people to making it part of their productivity um, piece in business. I hope that makes sense, Andy. I'm interested in your thoughts on, on that one to, to kind of go a step further with what your point is. And I think it's a really good one is like riding through the trough versus ideas that are going to bomb. Like with emerging technology, say, for instance, right, there's some things that come out and then you just go, this is super, super useful. But, again, I would prefer to be an sort of like not an early, early adopter, but I probably prefer to be like before it gets to hype. So in that sense, I think that's part of what you're, the point you're making as well, Andy, is like, okay, this is going to bomb, but people aren't using it yet. So for me, I think it's like it's going either as the innovation comes out, 
is that going to be useful for me? Or as it's coming down, okay, people are not using it. That's going to be useful for me. But if we're trying to do it when it's like at its peak, I actually think that like when everyone has like these exceeding expectations that it's going to work, it's like, then it gets super competitive, super, super competitive. Um, so I wanted to finish off cause we've got about seven more minutes. So I want to finish off talking about, and guys, if you have more questions or comments or, you know, like want to challenge me on something as well, please do that. Like I'm very open to, to, to chatting about this. Like these are my ideas. Like <laughs> I am one person. <laughs> So always appreciate the conversation. But if we if we want the rapid growth thing, I think we've talked a little bit about this. We need to look at, okay, we need to take this, we need to look at the bigger picture. We need to take ourselves out of the the hype and go, what's actually working for me? And a lot of this goes back to the basics. A lot of this goes back to the basics of what act why does marketing need to exist? What is marketing's function? How do brands grow? Like awesome book that I always mention mention to read is How Brands Grow by Professor Byron Sharp. It's like two books and it's amazing. And it's about this is the marketing science between like years and years, after years and years and years of experimenting, like this is what works when it comes to like big data, right? This is what works when it comes to growing your brand. And there's sort of like some consistent rules. I actually talk about this in a separate podcast where I go through like these are Byron Sharp's seven rules for brand growth and they're pretty simple to follow. The technology and the tool is just a way for us to implement best practices. But if we're kind of relying on the tool as like the fix, as the silver bullet, and that's it, then then we're not thinking about how marketing and brand growth actually works. Jeremy, you said, yes, prime example is Snapchat. It was a huge platform for a while. Lots of people went to market there. Then it almost disappeared from the mainstream marketing as TikTok took over the short video space. Yeah, Jeremy, that is a fantastic example. And thank you so much for sharing that. Completely agree. And actually, even before TikTok, Snapchat was also on the wane because Instagram came up with Insta Stories. And now Instagram's doing Insta Reels, right? Which is very similar to, to, to TikTok, which we all we all kind of know. We can see what they're doing. But um super, super interesting. And like from a tech perspective, so from the startup perspective of the person who's running a, a, a company like Snapchat that they need to think about the hype cycle in that other context of like, what am I building? You know, what am I offering to market? But as the person using the technology, it's like Snapchat, if people are still there, it actually could be a good space. But that's also an example where it's like, if no one, like MySpace is another one, right? MySpace pre-Facebook, totally showing my age now. I used to use MySpace, right? And with MySpace, you kind of sit there and go like, that was huge. Everyone was using it. And then Facebook took over, similar to the Snapchat example. But the thing is, is it's like, so if you're trying to play the MySpace game when no one is there, then that's a problem. That's a problem because you haven't got the audience. But if you're like, no, 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 there's still people there. Like MySpace for a while was quite good for musicians after the hype went away. So it's like, that's why I'm like, it's, it's more complicated than just like, okay, if it's in the value of disillusionment, then it's probably a good thing to use. But content marketing, I think is a really good example of something that went through that, the, the cycle and came out the other side and actually 
did become something that was quite useful from a marketing perspective. So it was like content marketing, content marketing, content marketing is great, 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 great. And everyone's like, I'm going to just do content marketing. And they're like, oh, actually this is a lot of work. And like this, it doesn't get me the return on investment that like advertising was getting me. So maybe I need to do more of advertising, less of content marketing. And then people like withdrew budget from that. But now people are like, oh, content marketing is here to stay. It's an important part of the marketing mix, but it has a particular function. And again, this goes back to that point I was making around like, what, what are we actually trying to achieve, right? There's lots of ways to do things. What are we actually trying to achieve? So for instance, one thing we have to do that we can't get away from is we need to get people to know who we are. We're always going to need to get market reach. The way we get market reach can be, there's heaps of different things. So for me, my favorite way now to get market reach is YouTube. My favorite way to get market reach is search. I much prefer doing search because I'm like, it's less effort. Things are there forever. I can make money off it. I don't have to pay anything. And it's just like, as long as I'm doing best practices, I'm always going to have something that's growing my brand without me having to do anything. It's like passive revenue, except it's like passive lead generation, right? So I'm like, so I love YouTube. I'm loving SEO. And I'm like, I'm just beginning. There's so much more I want to want to do around that. But like, um, that's going to get me reach. Another way you can get reach is PR. But if everyone's doing that, is that the game you want to play? Another one is um, podcasting. But podcasting can be hard at the beginning because it's like it's not it's a good engagement platform, but to actually get people to know about your podcast, unless you get listed on like Apple iTunes, it can be really hard to grow the podcast show. So it's like you've got to spend time getting reach for the show before you get engagement on the show, before anyone's even, you know, come over to have a look at what you do in your business, right? Jeremy, you said that's how um Oh, you said <laughs> I had an awesome MySpace page. I don't doubt it, Jeremy. I'm sure you did. You said that's how Twitch streamers are encouraged to grow. Use YouTube to drive viewers to the Twitch channel. Yeah. Well, YouTube also works for growing your podcasts as well, right? Like, but um, what I'm finding is YouTube's just great as a traffic generator. And it's great for like, if I want people to download leads and I want to grow my email list, YouTube is like by far the most powerful for me. Like by far. I've paid money to do things through other means. And I can't like Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, even a little bit of Twitter. I'm like, I can't get people to download a lead magnet. And then I go to YouTube. I do it for free. I don't do any YouTube ads. I know YouTube ads are like sort of pretty big now at the moment. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do YouTube ads. Like I'm, I'm fine with organic, like that's working for me. And I'm learning more and more about how to do it. But regardless of all these different tactics we can use, the, the, what underlies it is reach. Can you get reach? And I know Jeremy in the Facebook advertising space, that's what you do, right? You help people get reach through Facebook, but they're re- it's sophisticated mass marketing. Cause you're going, this is how you can reach that ideal customer. And this is how we can tell whether they're or not they're, they're your ideal customer. Cause we can look at their behavior. We can look at what's going on from a data perspective to go, this is likely to be someone who's interested in your message. And that's what's, and yeah, YouTube ads are expensive. Yeah. I've heard that's Google. Google ads are pretty expensive too. Um, So it's like, regardless of like, it's not this, this definitely works or this is dead now and this only works. And it's never like that. It's like, what's the best way for you to reach the most amount of people 
that want to hear from you. And that's why I said like it's back to the basics. Implementing it way harder. That's what you need experts for. And thankfully now, because marketing got so disrupted, we have people who are experts in all these different areas of marketing that can help with these different things. But what I would also say is if you're hearing about something that's like, all you need to do is this and you can like grow your business to seven figures, I'd just be super skeptical of that. Like, yeah, you could. And also for some businesses, getting to seven figures is like, you don't even need to advertise. Depends what business you're in. Other businesses, it's really hard to get to seven figures. Um, so, and also it's like, how many people do you have in your team? There's all these other other factors. So reach is one thing. The other thing we need is we need engagement. We need people to like us. We need to, people to trust us. So how do you get engagement? Again, podcasting can be good. YouTube can be good. Website blogging can be good ways LinkedIn marketing can be good. How are people going to get to know you? We need eight different touch points before someone's going to become a viable sales lead on average. So you need to do a mix of different things. You need to work out what works for my industry, what works for what I'm doing. But a lot of the time we also as business owners don't want to hear that because it's like, that's a lot more effort. <laughs> it's a lot more effort than like, here's the silver bullet. It'll fix everything for you. You put money in, you get money out, done. It's like, but it's, it's always going to be more complicated unless you're super, super lucky. And we shouldn't feel bad if we're like not the one in a hundred that like hits the jackpot and we just, we just luckily put something out that just works first time. Um, Jeremy, you said, uh, absolutely, data is king in the marketing space. Yes, king or queen or queen. I love helping people with this. The conversations to get the data are challenging and engaging. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think the thing is, is it's like, you know, uh, and I'm gonna have to gonna have to wrap up in a second. But so, what works and why? It's like you need to reach people. You need to get them to know you. You need to have a conversation with them, especially if you're charging a lot of money. You need to have a conversation and you need to have them spending that time with you, right? Um, and then you need to know how to sell. Obviously, you need to know how to actually cl close a sale as well. And you need to have a good offer. Like you need to deliver on the, on the promise that you make. But it, it's like what I find so interesting about marketing is it's like the, the in some ways it's super simple and then in some ways it's super complicated. But one thing I would say is sort of an action or a takeaway is go and have a look at the hype cycle. If you're interested in marketing and growth, have a look at the hype cycle for digital marketing in 2020. Have a look at what are people doing less of? What are people going to be doing more of? Where is this going to go in the next few years? You can also have a look at hype cycles for other things. What emerging technology, for instance, if you're in the startup space, what's emerging? What are other people doing? Is everyone jumping on the bandwagon for this? And what game am I going to play and how do I play that? Because for me, I'm like, I don't like to play the super competitive game. I'm always talking about like being in the blue ocean, don't be in the red ocean. Like that's not my idea. That's, that's someone else's. But like I love that way of thinking about it. If you're in the red ocean where it's like, bloody and everyone's out for like a little bit of fish, right? <laughs> it's like, it's hard. But if you're in the blue ocean, it's like, yeah, there's few less, less fish around, but you've got the whole ocean. So uh, I, I, that's how, that's how I kind of, I kind of see it. Um, yeah, I think that's it from me for today. Um, Andy, Jeremy, thank you so much for your comments and contributing to this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. Um, 
I will be back on Monday with another Monday Motivation episode. We're going to be talking more about customer experience and what to do once you actually have someone on board so they want to be an advocate for your brand and also they're more likely to come back buy again or even buy more, you know, like as in terms of like cross-sell and upsell and things like that. So we're going to be focusing on that for Mondays for the next few weeks. Not sure what we're going to do for our next Friday live stream seen and heard episode just yet, but I'm sure I'll think of something. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. All right, guys. So that's it from me for today. Have a fabulous, fabulous weekend. And I will be back on Monday for our next Monday Motivation episode. Look forward to speaking with you then. Bye now. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the line's being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.